the analysis you want without the interruptions. Only on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Subscribe now through your Amazon Prime account for free. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. In the Booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw! You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. About a talk show host. This is in the booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Hey, welcome everybody in the booth. Good to have you back with us here in the middle of the week. Coming off the uh, road game at uh, Clemson last night. Things settled down a little bit for the uh, Syracuse basketball team. The next three are in the dome, and in fact, there's no game in the middle of next week. So the big one against Duke, always uh, highly anticipated, is in the Dome this Saturday, an 8 o'clock start time, then uh, no game until the following Saturday, and then uh, back into the rhythm of uh, a couple games a week for the rest of the season. Ten games left in the regular season. We're now halfway through the uh, ACC schedule, and the Orange 6-4 and four. had been uh, 4-0 and oh on the ACC road until last night's one-point loss at Clemson. That leaves Louisville the only team unbeaten in uh, ACC road games for the season. Tommy Hogan is at the dials, and uh, Brian Higgins is uh, back today. Brian had the show solo yesterday, so the uh, ratings spiking for a moment, and then now back to our usual selves uh, here today on the program. You can join us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk, or uh, QSportsTalk on the Twitch app. Good to uh, see all of you uh, that are there on uh, Twitch. Let us know where you are and where you're listening and watching and uh, we can work you into the show. If you'd like to join us by phone, you can do that at 315-437-7644, 315-437-7644. We'll visit with our uh, friend uh, Jonathan Hoppy, Syracuse student. You hear him uh, if you listen to the Crunch Games out of this uh, studio. He's uh, among a couple of students that are on a road trip to Miami this week to cover the Super Bowl, and we thought, uh, why not check in with him on what might be happening down there uh, in Miami. So we'll do that in a few minutes on the show, and we'll play Pick 6 later today to uh, give away tickets to the upcoming Orange basketball game in the Dome against Wake Forest. So uh, get ready to call us there, 315-437-7644. But we start, uh, as you might expect, with hoops. And uh, the Orange on the short end last night, Brian, another tight one in conference. They've all been that way. Uh, You're calling up the the stats there. Ten lead changes, and you pretty much know it's an anomaly if it's not like that right now uh, in the ACC couple of teams at the top are separating themselves, but uh, games involving uh, everybody else could go either way. Fun game to watch, too. I mean, we were doing the, the Q show last night, kind of during the second half, so we were both watching the TV, and when Gerard hit those two threes from Greenville or wherever he was pulling up, like those were like, oh my goodness, kind of moments. And then, uh, obviously, the foul outs uh, played a, a much more significant role in the game without having... Uh, Marek or Barama in there down the the stretch for more than five minutes, and in Marek's case, the last eight plus minutes of the game. But man, both teams made some really exciting big plays down the stretch, and it's what the case it was. Clemson made their last shot, and Syracuse didn't. Right, I think it's just a matter of there were plays made both ways. They just had one more and the last play. Uh, clearly, Syracuse cannot handle. They're just not deep enough. 
to be able to handle two players fouling out. And I know people, well, they're not exactly uh, you know defensive stalwarts to begin with. That is, in a way, beside the point. They're starting for a reason. They have some size. They have experience. They know what they're uh, supposed to be doing. Uh, Barama Sidibe and, and Marek Dolajah, you play without them, you're in real trouble. Jesse Edwards was put into a spot on the deep end of the pool, a little bit more than he can handle right now at both ends of the floor. That was exposed. Uh, there's a couple of things that people are throwing out, you know, in retrospect after the game uh, that I, I'll just deal with here quickly that, you know, could you put a guard in and bump everybody down and Quincy Gary at the center? I, I suppose you could, but I don't think it gains you really anything. You'd be playing a six, seven center who doesn't practice at center and not exactly uh, Redwoods at the guard spots. And, and that's what really is the problem. Uh, well, there's there are problems, period. Several of them, I guess, with the, with the Syracuse defense when things aren't going well. They've had times, uh, long stretches in games where they have played very well on the defensive end. But the ball gets into the high post a little bit more easily than you're accustomed to or that you'd like to have happen. Uh, there's various reasons for that. And uh, the idea of rim protection is not there. Barama Sidibe is not a, a shot blocker. Uh, they're scrappy. They, they can do some things. They can muck it up a bit. But uh, not when they have... Five fouls, certainly. And even when you're ahead of schedule in fouls, when you've got three in the first half, you're coming out. Three early in the second half, you play tentatively. Certainly four, you play tentatively. And that's not working out well for anybody right now. Look, like it was. Brahma picked up his third, what was it, in the last minute or minute and a half of the first half. And I think it was 30 seconds. Yeah, it's know. one where you just you got to avoid stuff like that. If you're him, It's you just kind of surrender whatever it would have been in that case. And then... Marek picks up the two quick ones in the second half, and then Coach Bayheim tried it, and it didn't last very long with both of them on the bench, and the nine-point lead went down to one real quick, like shockingly quick. Mm-hmm. So then, if you're coach, what do you do? I mean, that ju- that just proved to you that wasn't working, so now you got to try the other guys, and then in rapid succession, they both foul out, and then you're kind of back right where you started. So you, you kind of ended up with, with not many... I think, good decisions to make, at least with lineups, to be on the floor. The other one is, and again, in retrospect, it's easy to kind of say some of this stuff. Well, you would have been better off taking a shot clock violation instead of that attempt with Elijah Hughes and just stop with that. You know, I understand that, yes, and I said it on the air too. Yes, it had it worked out that way, you would have been able to set the defense, but you can't opt for that. You, you can't turn down the opportunity even with a second to go to potentially score. Uh, if Elijah Hughes tips that in or gets fouled, goes to the line, good things are coming from that. You're playing with a three-point lead at that point and getting to uh, to set your defense. I think he got kind of uh, caught up in the wash of the bodies uh, there after uh, going to the basket, a lot of white jerseys around him, and then Clyde Trapp's able to go the length of the floor. you got to get back no matter what uh, the situation is. They were beaten in that situation. And, and as you're talking about, Brian, that's just one more play that was made, and uh, Clemson had the last laugh. Well, I think some people are saying that taking a shot clock violation intentionally was the best option of the play. A shot clock violation was the second best option. The ball going in the basket yeah. was the best option. Elijah almost made the shot. Like, he got it up there. I mean, it was – it had a chance to go in. It wasn't a, a crazy – didn't have a chance – Attempt goes in, you're up three, and everything's great. Now, it was the triple whammy of it. It doesn't go in. Elijah's hits the deck, and then Clemson has the wherewithal to push it. And 
they didn't allow Syracuse to get set. I mean, they got to they got end to end in a hurry and attacked. And credit to them. I mean, that's good basketball at that point. Yeah, uh, they're probably not going to call or you know not going to call a foul in that situation. I think you want to take the chance to maybe have a ch- you know. Early in the game, they may have, but uh, the whistle, the whistle, more than likely is going to be swallowed in that one. I know um, fans weren't thrilled with the officiating last night. I, I'm not one to get overly uh, worked up about it. I would like to have a look again at the the fifth foul on Marek Dolajai. That sounded like that was. Uh, I didn't like that call. That was needless. Uh, the at Clemson, the setup is in such a way that we're opposite the scores table. The officials are signaling their fouls or talking to the coaches going away from us. So uh, I didn't get to see it uh, personally, but there was some uh, reason to believe that uh, veteran official Roger Ayers, who literally works as many or more games than any official in the country, uh, indicated to the Syracuse bench, my bad. That's not a great bad to have. You know, veteran officials at that level typically are alert enough to really make you earn your fifth foul and uh, that didn't happen last night. Well, that was one. It was right before the TV timeout, so we were watching it. We were at Dave & Buster's last night, watching it on the TV, and they got to break pretty quick. Like, Marek's lying on the floor, There's and then you saw Ayers' arm in the air, and then it went to commercial. Like, uh-oh, what, what just happened here? And then, you know, we're doing the show, whatever. Then we see him come back from break with, like, the tight shot of Marek sitting on the bench. Like, that can't be good. And it wasn't, but... I mean, watching it live, I didn't think that was a foul. But at the same point, that's where Marek's other fouls, of which he is prone to come into play, where he doesn't leave himself the room for margin of a mistake going against him like that by the silly fouls he does commit earlier in the game. So it's, yeah, that one wasn't good, but the hope would be that that then is his fourth, not his fifth in some games. And that's where it stinks. And hey, Marek said as much after the game that he just can't, he can't do it. He knows it, and it ends up costing the team as it did last night. The the idea that Barama, Marek, Quincy, they pretty much each have two fouls getting off the bus. They have a knack for putting themselves in tough positions. They're officiated in such a way uh, where they're going to pick up fouls, and uh, so that right now is an area of uh, concern, I think, uh, for the Syracuse team, able to keep those guys on there and active. Uh, it's no secret – Dolezal fouled out the end of the Virginia Tech game. Nothing good happens when he is unavailable, which is odd because you know if you just the old getting off the bus trick or air, airport trick. If you just watch Syracuse take the floor, you wouldn't think that much mm-hmm. about uh, Dolezal in terms of uh, his size and, and physique and the way he carries himself. But his knowledge of the game, the way he just sort of disrupts things, he's awkward, uh, unorthodox. It uh, creates problems for the opposition and has become a bit of a weapon uh, for this uh, Syracuse team. So at any rate, now 6-4 and four in the conference, and the Orange take on a Duke team that uh, won last night against Pittsburgh. We'll address that later in the program. Switch gears to the Super Bowl. When we come back, we'll visit with our friend Jonathan Hoppe, who's down in Miami. We'll call him in just a moment. In the booth, brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company. Born in Germany, raised in Syracuse. Hoffman, bringing the meats since 1879. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. In the Booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. And welcome back, everybody. Joining us uh, in the booth today, brought to you by Hoffman, as always. Good to have you here. Back tomorrow with Mike Waters. 
talking Syracuse basketball. Friday we'll get into the Super Bowl uh, in depth, but thought we would uh, check in with uh, our friend Jonathan Hoppy, who's in Miami now, joining us on the Burdick Toyota guest line. Often on this station you'll hear him uh, dealing with the crunch, but uh, now uh, an opportunity through uh, Newhouse to go check out the Super Bowl. Jonathan, hello, and uh, how are things down there in Miami? Matt and Brian, things are great. It's about 75 degrees. It's a cloudy, but we can't complain, <laughs> and things have really started to pick up today. Wednesday is when it really starts to feel like game week. Pretty much everyone feels slammed, and you can feel it coming now for sure. Yeah, this is the time where the arrival day and the media day and that stuff, they, they do that early in the week for the purpose of getting it out of the way and so that uh, hopefully the teams can focus on giving us the best quality football product on Sunday. Yeah, that's exactly right. So they kind of disappear a little bit based on what they did in the first couple of nights. As you know, that opening night now is complete chaos. It was at Marlins Park, which – didn't even look like Marlins Park the way it was configured. And you've got players coming out of tunnels. They're smoke cheerleaders. It's really a whole event. And then you've got to scrap and claw your way to get to the big stars. And you can get some smaller players on the side. And they sit at the podium for an hour at a time, which is crazy. And utter disregard in terms of media members. Everyone wants to get what they're looking for. Not the best atmosphere. It kind of smells funny. It's really one of those things that, You've got to experience to understand exactly what it is. It's just complete organized chaos. What is the strangest thing you saw on Monday night? Or smelled. Or smelled, I suppose. But it hadn't occurred to me the smells were weird until just now. Well, I saw plenty. Well, I smelled plenty of bad things, I hate to report to say. I, I actually stood in line to talk to Jimmy Garoppolo about Dino Babers. And when you stand in the same spot around probably 100 people for about an hour, weird things happen, and that was not that was not entertaining in any means. But weird things I saw, nothing crazy comes to mind. I would say just chaos. There was a guy just following. So basically there was someone trying to bully his way through to get to Mahomes, get to Garoppolo, and, you know, you've got people wearing a, a wig and, and those sort of things. I will say this, Jeff Schwartz. I think it's his brother, Mitchell Schwartz, who plays, I believe, San Francisco. No, he plays Kansas City, and he was trying to disguise himself. So he had a wig on and a mustache and was asking questions, hoping his brother wouldn't see him. And I'm not sure if he ever got discovered, but when I was standing there, it was was a whole bit, and he had his phone out recording and everything. So a lot of stuff like that. That's how the Super Bowl, Jonathan, has grown over time into basically nonsense these first couple of days, and it's why it has to be set up this way now that uh, the players will basically be sequestered. Uh, you know, with two weeks to get ready for the game, I heard somebody the other day lamenting, uh, it was actually Matt Schick on uh, ESPN Radio on one of the weekend mornings, uh, Saturday or Sunday morning, saying, hey, why, why can't the Super Bowl be today? Well, you can't have it both ways. You can't have all this stuff and the pomp of the event you were at the other night and the silly media day and all these other things and still have a game where you hope the two best teams play their best football. If, uh, if you were accept, you know, we were willing to accept a crappy game on Sunday, then I guess go ahead and do this, but that wouldn't really be fair to anybody. Right. So what, what are you hearing in terms of football talk and, and those guys getting down to it? So that it's funny you say that leave it to the NFL to somehow manufacture 
basically two segments of the Super Bowl. You have all this hoopla before, and then you've got fans of teams and fans of the game who pay an uber amount of money to come down on the weekend. So it's sort of like it's segmented into two, the media and all this craziness is to start, and then you get people who are paying big money for tickets, the corporate sponsors coming in on the weekend. At the end of the day, though, what I've heard about this game, to me it feels like most people are picking Kansas City, but recently today I've gotten a good amount of pushback because if you notice the trends in the Super Bowl over the recent years, the good defense often beats the good offense. And you think back to that Broncos-Seahawks Super Bowl in New York City where it was a collapse by Denver, or by Seattle, rather. No, Seattle won. Seattle lost that game. Seattle won the game. Seattle won won the the game. game. So that's when you get the defense there stepping up and proving to be better. And then, unfortunately for me as a Panthers fan, you think back to Super Bowl 50 when Cam Newton and the offense came in rolling and then Von Miller and the Denver defense shut them right down. So I think a lot of people are starting to lead towards San Francisco, who I talked to today, just thinking that that defensive line is is going to get to Patrick Mahomes and, and slow them down pretty good. Uh, take us through, Jonathan, kind of the, the setup of Miami. It's always talked about as one of the great spots to have a Super Bowl, but the stadium's kind of in one neck of the town that's nowhere really near uh, South Beach uh, and where a lot of the parties and stuff are going on. What's the general vibe like down there you're getting? They call it the Super Bowl City, right? So you said it. It's It's been here before. It's been about 10 years since it's been back. They had to fix up Hard Rock Stadium, essentially. That was not the best facility 10 years ago, and they have now done quite a few renovations to house the Hurricanes and the Miami Dolphins and now get a Super Bowl, and then they've got the CFP Finals next year. But it is very spread out. So Miami Beach is where the convention center is, media center, radio row, and then you've got Hard Rock Stadium up to the north. The teams are, are spread out, too. It's about 30 minutes from the stadium to the convention center. Now, that last year in Atlanta, I wasn't there, but it's kind of all in the same area where you've got the, the arena, the stadium, and that sort of thing. Marlins Park is out to the west of the city, near downtown, but still far away from South Beach. So it is very spread out. They've done a nice job with the traffic, I hear, is usually pretty bad, but it's been pretty easy to get back and forth. They have some shuttles for us and a few different things like that. So it is very spread out, but frankly, I don't mind when you're in Miami. It's not bad to be outside to begin with, so there's always that. Uh, Jonathan, I'm kind of curious what kind of vibe you've gotten from the teams and your your time around them where Andy Reid is experienced. He's He's been there, done that. Obviously, the criticism of him, he's not been in enough Super Bowls, but he's been to the Super Bowl, and he says, oh, you know, we won the game and uh, had a cheeseburger and went to bed, where Kyle Shanahan has been in the Super Bowl as an assistant, and his father's a Super Bowl winner, so I guess that helps him, but uh, he is, in essence, a rookie head coach on this stage. I think both these teams really think they can win the game. Of course they do, right? They're in the Super Bowl, but I get, I get the same vibe from both sides. Andy Reid is more of that calming presence. They say, you know, they share a lot of funny stories. Apparently he gives a nice Patrick Mahomes impersonation, Kermit the, Kermit the Frog. A lot of people think she sounds like him. So Andy Reid can get funny like that. But Shanahan, you said it, he's a younger guy. So we actually asked some of the players, what have you noticed from him being a coordinator with the Falcons in this position a couple of years ago? And now as the head coach, what has changed? And they said, not much. You know, he's just the same guy he was then. He's not really that head coach that 
that's going to be over the top with his leadership or whatnot. He's just a really solid football mind. And I think that's kind of what you get with Andy Reid, too. I, I do think Kansas City maybe has a little bit more swagger, but then you look at that San Francisco defense with Richard Sherman, Nick Bosa, and some of those guys, too. They're pretty similar, in my opinion, with how these teams carry each other. What's on the uh, docket for you for the rest of the week? So we're at Radio Row right now. We're going to check out the NFL experience downstairs. They always That's another thing. There's so many different things that the NFL has for, for fans to come and, and ways to stack up some revenue. So we're going to check that out. There's actually a Wounded Warrior game just north of the city tonight where some former Miami Dolphins players and NFL players gather and, and they play against some wounded warriors. It should be really cool. That's one of the things that you don't hear about, which is kind of what we wanted to tap into when we come down here. We know about a lot of these things, but there are certain things like that game that's being played at a high school. Probably one of the cooler things that most people won't ever hear about, and you've just got to think about the impact that the Super Bowl has on the city of Miami. I mean, there's something going on pretty much every night. So that's it. And then we're going to check out the stadium tomorrow. Uh, Ian Eagle has set us up with the director for Fox, Rich Russo, to set up the compound. So it was very nice of him to reach out to Rich Russo and, and Dennis Denninger help put that together, too. So we're, we're hoping to get in the compound tomorrow, check out the stadium. And uh, as you know, you can't just walk up to that place. They've got a ton of fences and, and ample security. And we actually tried to go the other day, and we didn't have the right passes. So we uh, had to come back, and we're, we're going tomorrow now that we've got the correct pass, and they can let us through, and we can check it out. So staying busy, getting some interviews. Uh, we just talked to Pete Bullock, actually, former cool. former Orangeman back in the late 90s, and he was talking about some of his experiences, keeping up with the team, and he says they've got to bolster that offensive line. That, that was his take. He says that's going to be the key is, is solidifying the line in order to uh, – things going back in the right direction consistently. Well, good stuff, uh, Jonathan. Good to hear your voice down there. Sounds like things are uh, going well, and I uh, hope you and the rest get the best of the experience, okay? Have fun. All right, Matt and Brian, thanks for having me. Jonathan Hoppy, tough life. He's uh, down there in Miami covering the Super Bowl and coming back to call the uh, Duke game on Saturday for, for student radio. Uh, the Newhouse uh, Sports Media Center, you know, this is thanks to a lot of the people that have on Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. In the booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. All right, let's do it, folks. Let's give away some tickets to the upcoming game against Wake in the Dome. We'll do it via Pick 6. You can call us at 315-437-7644. That's 315-4ESPN44. If you'd like to uh, join us on the program, we've got six good categories for you. And the uh, first to correctly answer six in their chosen topic will be a winner of free ducats for the Wake Forest game. Orange are home against Duke this Saturday at 8 o'clock. The Wake game is also at 8. That is the uh, following Saturday, February 8th, 8 p.m. Okay, first we go to uh, Baldwinsville and welcome Tim to the program. Hey, Tim. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. You're familiar with that little game here? Yes, I am. Okay, pick a category, uh, one to six. How about number three? Number three. Okay, Coach Beheim and Coach Krzyzewski meeting in the Dome Saturday. We need six of the top ten winningest Division One men's basketball coaches. 30 seconds. Go. 
Roy Williams, Jim Beheim, Mike Krzyzewski. Um, uh, shoot. Uh, the guy Roy just passed? Maybe you too. Uh, Mike Rupp? No. Uh, you got about 10 seconds left. You got half his name, right? Uh, Adolf Rupp. There you go. Four. Um, got to hurry. Uh, and all right, good effort, good effort. Not quite there. They're kind of a lot of them are connected, which is not really a coincidence when you think about how to uh, to run through those. Jack in Syracuse is number two today. Hello, Jack. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Pick a category uh, one to six, not three. I'll go six. Six. Okay, we uh, lost Kobe Bryant on the weekend, unfortunately, at age forty-one, tragically. Pretty easy here for you, Jack. We need uh, six of the top eight scorers in NBA history. All right, you got Kobe Bryant. One. Michael Jordan. Two. Uh, Reem Abdul-Jabbar. Three. Uh, you got uh, oh, Carl Malone. Four. Uh, you got... Uh, oh, uh, oh. Um, oh, Big guys. Um, Hitting the wall. Ten seconds. Shaquille O'Neal. Five. And uh, Larry Bird. No. Good try. Not quite. Uh, good try. Good try. Close to it. Where is Larry on the list? Hey, a little further down than you. Well, Larry had those injuries, the back injuries. Larry, yeah. 34th on the list. Wow. He played many, many fewer games than the guys at the top. I was going to say, if he's the guy, like whoever's in the 30s, would he be your number one pick if you're just you're playing a pickup game and... Had all these players in their prime. In their prime in the 30s. You put together a pretty good team. <laughs> Top five. You, you could go, if I go just 30 to 34, I'm, I'm rolling out Elgin Baylor, Kevin Durant, Clyde Drexler, Gary Payton, and Larry Bird. Wow. I'll take my chances. That'd be a lot of fun. Okay, 315-437-7644. Uh, pick six regular. Wayne in the truck wants to take a crack at it. Hey, Wayne. Hey, let's give it a go. Don't we have a rule here about how often you can win or do you never win, Wayne? Oh, that's a loaded question, Matt. Okay. Do you win? I, I'm not. I haven't kept track of who's who's actually yeah. won. Yeah, the last the last one I won was an apple question, and the time before that was actually an apple question. Uh, so. <laughs> you're good at apples. See, Wayne, yeah. Wayne doesn't right, win we, in the winter. <laughs> we, we have a, the man. apples are out of season, uh, Wayne. So you're going to have to try a little harder here. Okay. Uh, category one, one to six, and uh, three and six are off the board. Uh, let's try four. Category four. Okay, this is. Uh, I think you can get this one. This this is. Uh, we're hoping to save it maybe for next week, but we'll we'll give it a shot. Opening up next week is the XFL. Uh, there are eight cities with teams in the XFL. We need six of them in thirty seconds. Go. Oh, let's go with uh, Dallas. One. Uh, Philly. Nope. No nope. Charlotte. No. Nope. Oh yeah. Um, Las Vegas. No. Nope. Los Angeles. Two. <laughs> Pittsburgh. No. Nope. Uh, New York. Three. Uh, Houston. Four. Uh, ten. That's not a, that's a, yeah. <laughs> the state screwed me up. Uh, Run out of time here. Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. Close. We got a lot of closes today. He was on the right path, Wayne. You were, you were saying the right kinds of cities. Yeah. All right. Matt and Cicero's a previous uh, competitor. I think Matt took a crack at it the uh, last time we did this. Hello, Matt. Yeah, I stink, I stink at this game, but I'll play Okay, again. all right, we got, uh, let's see, 
one, two, and five are still available. Let's go with one. Got to find a winner. Okay. This one only has five correct answers, but uh, if you put your thinking cap on, you can do it. We need uh, the five people that have won multiple Super Bowl MVPs. When you're ready. Tom Brady. One. Emmett Smith. Nope. Shoot. Tom Brady. They're all quarterbacks. They're all quarterbacks. They're all quarterbacks. Um, Troy Aikman. No. Joe Montana. Two. Eli Manning. Three. Picking up speed here. Uh, what's the guy's name? Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> At the horn. That was That's number four. four. Four of the five. One, one shy. Had to go old school. Okay, we got. We only have one category left. Uh, we got. One or two? We got two. We got two. You can join uh, us at 315 437 7644. Categories two and five are available. We're helping with hints, but Tommy is a little bit more of a stickler on the clock than Polly is. So you got to you gotta come correct. You got to spit them out. I would say of these two categories, one is very easy. The other one, the clock will be the problem. It's not that it's that hard, but spitting it out in 30 seconds will be hard. You got to oh. earn these Wake Forest tickets. Yeah, right. I think we can. Lighten the leash here just a little bit. Both of these, we, we both the remaining categories have plenty of answers. Plenty of answers. Yes, yes. All right. So just as uh, we might have post. to go into this one blind. It's yeah, not I mean, coming just, up on the call screen. Just, yeah, just put the a little bit of a delay. Now we'll just we'll, yeah. Oh my! Oh, there we go. We've got a potential. We'll do, we'll potential do the winner. Out here. Here we oh, we got a name up there. Rob. Rob in Liverpool. Hello, Rob. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? You're going to the Wake Forest game, but we got to we got to make you earn it here. Okay. Okay. Would you like category uh, two or five? Two. Would you like category two or five? Two. Oh. Would you like two or five? I like five. All right. <laughs> All right. Category five. I bet Rob. Rob knows two real well. Now that you've thrown them over to five. Category five, Rob, is. Um, there are 21, and this is, I think, an all-time record for number of acceptable answers. There are 21 acceptable answers. I came up with a category before. I'd like to see how many answers there were. <laughs> we're looking for uh, schools in the state of New York that play Division One basketball. We need six of them in 30 seconds, Rob. Uh, Syracuse, Cornell, One, Colgate, two, three, Buffalo. Four. Um, St. John's. Five. Niagara. There's six. Six. Bang. That was pretty easy. Okay. Super easy category there, Higgy. All right, good job there, Rob. Good work. You You want to try category two just for fun? Sure, I'll butcher it, but yeah. Okay, category two, uh, let's just, just for giggles. I'd feel better if if you get this because that way, instead of just gifting you category five, I'll feel better if you can nail this. We're looking for uh, current NFL franchises, Rob, that have not won the Super Bowl. Okay, Uh, Okay. how many? Say Cardinals? No. Seahawks. Yes. Oh, Seahawks. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Seahawks, uh, no. Cardinals. Um, say, Saints won. Shoot. Think Redskins? Newer. They won with the Redskins. Yep. Oh, God. Cardinals. Uh, the Chargers. There's two. The, the, the Falcons. That's three. The Jaguars. Three. That's four. four. Now you got it. The Titans. Five. Five. The, All right, close enough. You would have got. You got to think Ohio, right? 
Yeah. Got to think the Ohio team. And the team closest to here. Okay, yeah. the Browns. The yeah. Browns, sure. Browns and, and Bengals. Yeah. And the Bills, of course. <laughs> I don't want to say them. Okay. <laughs> you were trying to make it harder on yourself. You're going for seven. So, Okay, Rob, you're going to the game. Uh, they'll uh, work uh, the arrangements for you on the phone, okay? Thank you. All right, Rob uh, in Liverpool is going to the Wake Forest game. It's in the Dome at uh, 8 o'clock on uh, Saturday the 8th. Uh, we'll try again for pick six next week, and I imagine uh, might be wake tickets again, or maybe we'll scrounge up some other stuff. We blew through all of our categories. We so did. That That's is... all right. It's, it's fun coming up with categories. We might have to come up with ones that maybe are a little bit more stringent than 21 correct answers. Well. He rattled that off. That wasn't very difficult. Well, that was our fifth caller. <laughs> That's true. You're right. If no. somebody else had picked category five, That's they could have gone to the game. That's true. That's now, true. I also did not know. I came up with the category before I looked up the answers. <laughs> right. And there were a lot. That's a lot of acceptable There was answers. a lot of acceptable answers. That's okay. That's, uh, we're, it's all in uh, good fun, and uh, that is the luck of the draw in uh, pick six. We'll be back to uh, wrap the program with some Do We Care. A couple of good items uh, to touch base on here. We'll do that next in the booth, brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. I don't care. Coach K got a little feisty last night as he was screaming at the Cameron Crazies. Uh, he told him to shut up. He told them he's one of us. As they were yelling at Pittsburgh head coach Jeff Capel, uh, all they were saying, allegedly at least, was that "come sit us" or "come sit with us" is all they were saying. Jeff Capel, obviously a former assistant and player at Duke, but an odd situation before the half. Yeah, obviously there's going to be miscommunication when you're talking about a thousand kids yelling versus a 75 year old coach who's caught up in his job on the other side. I, I think there's a lot of things here that are weird. He sort of half apologized after the game, and I don't really get that either. Because um, he's not wrong. Like you should be respectful of somebody like this. It's a visiting former assistant coach and and whatever. But is that really Mike Krzyzewski's jurisdiction? You know, I think a guy like that is so used to having everything his way and being in charge of of everything that he felt like it was his place to tell the students uh, what they shouldn't and shouldn't say. At the same time, there should be some sort of decorum. So. Uh, I don't know that he's wrong. It's just the it looked really bad, kind of the way that uh, he addressed it like that. Uh, assuming I saw something that wasn't photoshopped, which oh, their little cheat sheet. Who knows on the cheat sheet? And I can't quite find the current one from last night. <laughs> At least the one I said specifically said in the cheat sheet, like don't get on cable. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think they were getting on him, but it's kind of weird that the head coach is literally walks across the court to. Yeah, yell at the students. But it just shows you again the, the, the reverence that he has in that building, and it's obviously the house that he built. And they certainly shut up and listened. And it wasn't just like a, a little scolding, at, like walk over a half. He was fired up during the game. He had to be yeah, held the back shut by up, a ref. To me, I think the shut up aspect is the part. It's aggressive. That looked that that was maybe the worst. Yeah, it didn't look good. Uh, moving on, the University of Missouri is forcing its students to download a location tracking app to prevent them from skipping class. Yeah, I don't even understand how this is remotely legal. And you're talking about students. It's not student-athletes or people well, that have opted into a separate group. It started with student-athletes. One of their uh, former head coaches of the men's basketball team, I, I'm forgetting the name, he's the one who created it probably for his players, and it's now moving on to Well, that I get because students. you're opting in. It's a trade-off of being part of the team. It's still maybe an invasion of privacy, but it's, it is a, a, in a way at your option. 
this idea that you're forcing students to go to class, look, they're paying the freight. They can partake of it or not. I mean, I just had, I just bought a sandwich for lunch. I'm under no obligation to actually eat it or, or go to a location track while you're eating it. (laughs) Right. Uh, the, the transaction has already happened, you know, uh, and you don't, Oh, anymore. If your grades falter because you don't go to class or whatever, th- those are consequences that you take. But I don't think you can be, f- you can't be forced to go to class in this way. What's the, uh, what's the next frontier that <laughs> attendance is being taken this way? And now the new way to cheat in class is just somebody walks in with a backpack full of phones and has, no, I got 30 people in my class straight here. The, like, uh, what, what is this? The app was created by former Missouri basketball coach Rick Carter, and it was used, uh, only required for freshman athletes and p- other uh, athletes who are struggling academically. Uh, that I get. But again, they're they're doing that with a trade-off. The expectation to be on the team is that you're going to attend class, you're going to keep up this And school level. is free. Uh, correct. But just on any other student... You, they pay for a certain service or product, which is the education. You are complied to give that product or education. How they consume it is their choice. So just again, we'll go back to the restaurant example. You pay for the steak, whatever, $45. My job is to offer the steak. After that, whether you eat it or not is your business. The punishment in skipping class is missing that day's lecture. No other punishment, I, I believe. Well, your grade can be affected. I can sure. understand that, but uh, that, that's a different animal. All right, that wraps the show uh, for today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Mike Waters will uh, join us to uh, talk Syracuse basketball in his regular spot on Thursday. We thank Jonathan Hoppy. We thank uh, everybody that helped us put the show together today. And congrats to our winner in pick six. So back with uh, Mike Waters tomorrow. Brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company, born in Germany, raised in Syracuse. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse.